our job is to give the business what it needs, which sometimes it's what it's asking for. Yes. Welcome to AB Testing Podcast, your modern testing podcast. Your hosts, Alan and Brent, will be here to guide you through topics on testing, leadership, agile, and anything else that comes to mind. Now, on with the show. Everybody, it's Alan and Brent. And we're here for the final 2023 episode of the AB Testing Podcast. Welcome to episode 191. 191 Palindrome. It is. And I'm going to go right to the end here. This is our year-end episode, the, Nas- the national tradition, where we talk about what we thought was going to happen last year. And one of us predicted that the final episode of 2023 would be episode 192, and one of us predicted it would be episode 191. How is that for accuracy? But the winner is... The winner's Angry Weasel, because Angry Weasel is always right. And the funny thing is, I said in the podcast, and I, and I didn't do this, I said, 191, and I'll be right, because I have control over these things. <laughs> but it happened. I want to go into that. So yeah, we're going to talk about... Oh, now I understand why we had to push out the... Re- you, you dropped out for a second, but hopefully that audio will come through, whatever you said. Yeah, we have a lot to talk about. Go ahead. No, no, I was just about to say, now I understand why Alan passive-aggressively wanted to push out the recording by Because we were originally going to do two recordings in December, and that would have made this next one... 192, and that would have been our last. No, I, I gave you an option last week. I, I, I completely understand I now. gave you... No, I, I will post the text. I gave you Brent, an option. I only looked at the stats last night, Alan Page. Yeah. Okay. I get it. I get it. All right. You take, I did. You take your win. You take your win. <laughs> I will. I will. The winner is here. So what we do in this, for those, uh, those of you that are new listeners, is we're going to recap a little bit what happened. We're going to talk about shows we liked, podcasts we discovered, things we liked in 2023, and then we'll make some predictions about 2024. We are not very good at predicting the future, but sometimes we're better than other times and we're going to yeah, see what happens. So before we get started on that, I'm going to go through our our wrapped, our Spotify wrapped for 2023. Anything else going on? We start, any, any interesting news and excitement? Are you still in review season at Microsoft or has that mm. ended yet? No, no. I am experiencing a performance boost from the team. Uh, an unexpected performance boost from the team uh, in holiday season. And, and I think it's as a direct result of quality connect um, exercises. To back up that point, there are plenty of studies showing high correlation between engagement and I'll come back to that in a second because that's going to tie into what you said between engagement and employee engagement, not getting married, engage with your jobs and productivity, quality of that product, velocity, et cetera, et cetera. A lot of engagement just comes from knowing why your job's important and getting feedback. So it would make sense that if you have good discussions with your team, that you will get, they will do more better work. We are going to walk through our recap of the last year of AB Testing Podcast. AB Testing Podcast is hosted at Anchor FM. This is not an ad for them. 
which eventually got bought or was always owned by Spotify. I can't remember. So because Spotify gives you a year wrapped in music, we get a year wrapped in what our podcast did. All right. Do you remember? What do you think? I mean, you probably can't remember what our episodes were last year, but what do you think our most popular episode was last year? Our most popular episode, I'm guessing... Do you remember the names of any? You don't know the names because I named them after we record them, so you wouldn't know. But the topic you'll remember. Brent being Brent. As Brent looks to look at the names of our podcast from last year as he launches Spotify. Well, no, because I I already listened out. The one we did with Brian would. would... Oh, that that was a good one. I forgot Brian's last name. We talked about Strengths Finders because you love Strengths Finders. Yep. Not our most popular podcast. Our most popular podcast is, you know, people love our controversy, even though it's not controversy. It was episode 184 where we answered the question, is testing a dying profession? Oh, we we uh, we clickbait people on that one. Okay. Got it. It was it was streamed 835% more than our average episode. So yeah, that got a little bit uh, a little bit crazy. We have some new listeners this year. Seventy eight percent of our listeners discovered us in twenty twenty three. I don't know how true that what? is. They, they discovered us. This is all through Spotify. Spotify. This is all through Spotify. So it's not. It's. I think it are small numbers. These may be numbers may be skewed. So Spotify thinks. Spotify thinks we added like what? 12% of our new listeners started listening at episode one, which is a really horrible idea. Do we decide like in the 50s is the right place to start? Uh, I think we said 67. I think so. It's 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 on the Slack channel. <laughs> like, we get that question asked so often. I'm surprised we haven't hooked up the, uh, yeah. the Autobot thing. Oh, you know what? I can do that. Remind me. Okay. Someone remind me. Someone post, someone who's in our Slack group. You can go to moderntesting.org to join our Slack group. We'll talk a little bit more about that in a minute. But if you go there and remind me, I will set up the bot to automatically answer that question should it be asked. Other interesting data. Uh, we, of course, the blah, blah, blah. We, we were streamed in 66 different countries. Um, the U.S., of course, being our top country with 20% of total streams. U.K. next? Uh, no, Germany's next, followed by the U.K., Netherlands, and then India. Interesting. In, yeah, that's what I thought. Interesting. Our listeners, is good, but what else are they into? Our top podcast genres among our listeners are comedy, technology, and news. Uh, oh, that makes sense. Re- no, it doesn't. We provide really none of that. Uh, well, it depends on if you're laughing with us or at, at us. At, yeah, I guess, you know, we provide entertainment for, you know, cleaning the toilet, uh, emptying the cap box, things like that. <laughs> right. Uh, something to distract you from life's uh, more mundane or disgusting chores. Certainly not much related to news, absolutely. but Unless news is an acronym, but I'm guessing not. Now, here's a weird thing. 12% of our users shared our podcast over WhatsApp. And our most shared episode was episode 178 on testing versus quality. Uh, our podcast rating is 4.6. That's, I think, out of five and not 10, but either way. Wait, I'll take 178 it. is not testing versus quality. 
Well, that's what Spotify told me. What was the number for testing versus quality? Oh, I'm. I need to get my eyes checked. It is 178. I was okay. Reading. So you're just you're you're just dumb. No, I, the 176. The six looked like an eight. It, I'm just blind, not dumb. Well, I could be both. I'm gonna go with the latter. Fair. Just just to be fair and transparent to our our listeners, we grew 11 percent in listeners. 13% in streams. I'm not sure what the difference really is. And 55% in followers. I'm not really sure what a follower is. Someone could explain that to me. I think it's when I you don't really know. When you just click like the, the stupid little automatic algorithm with lots of little pictures tells me. Uh, we were a top 10 podcast for 500 people, 502 people. 500 people need to get a life. <laughs> uh, there are far better podcasts out there. I, I, it, it, that is wrong. You could be getting so much more value from your listening time. We were a top five podcast for 355 fans. And no, I never listened to our podcast after I published it. So I'm not inflating the numbers. Uh, the three, the three listeners are, are going crazy, but here is the really scary part for some of our listeners out there. We love you, all three of you, and we would have nothing to talk about without you. But there are so many good podcasts out there. We're going to talk about a few in a minute. But we are the number one listened to podcast for 108 people. Brent. Wow. Please give some advice to those people. There are also on Spotify plenty of podcasts around self-help improvement. Feeling better about yourself. (laughs) Yeah. You know, um, maybe... Maybe I don't want to. I got to be careful here. I don't want to go dangerously over the line. On yeah, uh, we love the listeners. We appreciate it. We're only joking, right? Because we don't understand with our bar. Like we're old QA folks, and we absolutely know the quality uh, is not there with the podcast. But those who we do, we do provide. The community is fantastic. If nothing else, I would say the A-B testing podcast has created just a fantastic community. Yeah. I, you know, I changed my yeah. mind. I'm not going to, I'm not going to say anything. Do you mean? Yeah, because Brent's right. Fine. <laughs> Fine. I'm better at self-deprecation. We, uh, thinking of our community, and I mentioned going to moderntesting.org to get a link to our Slack group. As of last year at this time, we had 864 people in our Slack of the three, probably the three people, you know, 200 times each. The year before we had 742, we are up to 951. So Brent, are you ready for the first prediction of the 2023 year-end A-B testing podcast? Oh, I, I can already guess. Yes, I'm ready. What day, and I'll put it on my calendar to check, Closest, closest to the pin wins. What day will we have 1,000 members in the general channel? Do we have the way to figure that out? No, it's a guess, man. No, do we? Yeah, yeah. I can, I can see how many are in there. Okay. I will set a count. I'll, I'll watch it and, and make an announcement when we're there. But today we're going to pick a date. So you said, what's the current number? The current number is 951 as of last night. And it was what? 864 a year ago. All right. 
February 29th. I went a little farther and just, I, I put my <laughs> in ahead of you. I said May 10th for no reason. I like Feb 29. I will put calendar reminders to check and I'll, I'll watch that throughout there. I think you're right that if we're going to get to a thousand, it'll be on the push of this episode, maybe getting people to tell friends about it, hoping that'll balance the people leaving the the, the Slack group. Yeah. What was uh, the but, stat that you said? The first stat that 78% of our listeners uh, first, first listened in 2023, uh, which I think is skewed by that means they first listened on Spotify is what I think that really comes out to. So that's not totally true. But if you're listening ah. to the podcast and you have questions about it, you want to know how it applies. You want to talk to other people who are trying to apply modern testing principles, get out there and join our, our Slack group. It's, it's free. It will remain free. It's so free that the messages roll off after 60 days or whatever, because I can't afford to pay for Slack because they have their business model stupid. They either have free or pay a gazillion dollars. If I could pay 50 bucks a month to have you know some features that would come with the, the paid for Slack that would work for a nonprofit like A-B testing Slack, I would do this. But you don't because you're dumb. I love you. I hate you, etc. So anyway. Join the Slack group. Drive the numbers up. Hit a thousand, or 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 don't. But wait until April, <laughs> end of April or May, and do it then. Whatever you do, you just a just a slight push. Hey, do you do you know what? Uh, speaking of uh, Spotify, I was going to ask this earlier. Do you listen to Spotify? Do you use Spotify yes. for your music? What does your rap say? What's your number one artist of twenty twenty three? Uh, I played 1,091 songs, uh, getting to that. I'm too lazy to pull mine up. I just remember it. Mine's pretty obvious. No, it's not actually obvious. It's it, my number one My number one band is a band we haven't talked about on here because I so, absolutely love their latest album. My number one was Acoustic Alchemy. I remember that group. They, they are my go-to when... I need to fake mindfulness. And it says my peak listening month was April. I was surprised when it said that was my number one. But there was a time early in the year where those bad boys were on repeat. But followed it. I'll, I'll give you my number two and number three. Fallout Boy number two and Weezer number three. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Interesting. So I don't have mine up. I know that... Arcade Fire were number one for me because they had a new album come out in late 2022, actually. But I listened the crap out of it throughout the year. Number two, and there's some caveats on these because I'll tell you why in a minute. Number two was Bowling for Soup. And number three was actually Taylor Swift. And the reason, I don't know if you do this or not, but my whole family, well, meaning my wife and I, Really, we use our Amazon smart devices to play music all the time. But my wife and I listen to overlapping but varied artists. She had the nerve to tell to ask me, why does anyone listen to Bob Dylan? She slept on the porch that night. So I explained <laughs> to her in the morning all about uh, the, the magic of Bob Dylan. So what I have is I have a Spotify family account and I have a Amazon device only. I'm not saying the name on purpose. So when we ask the Amazon device to play a song, it uses a, 
a non-existent family member named Amazon to play that. So I should look at that user's wrapped some point and see kind of what won out among our listening. Cause that's what I listen to when I'm taking a shower or uh, in the kitchen cooking a lot of times. Although now I have my record player and my vinyl collection in there. So uh, not as much, but anyway, so it gets a little weird. So it's really just stuff that I listen to in my office. It, it's, it's the same for me. Uh, my home is wired. All the devices in my home are wired to a generic Spotify account. And then my devices are to my account. So I haven't, I haven't looked at that, that wrapped either. Uh, where was a music wrapped? I wrote one sentence to describe my 2022. I should have given you homework to do this yourself, but you, uh, you wouldn't have done it. I wrote down off the top of my head in 2022, I started blogging again at angryweasel.substack.com. I changed jobs, believe it or not. I left Unity and joined the new company. I got COVID for the first time and I walked all the way around Mount Rainier. Not a bad year. What do you look back on in 2022, Brent? Uh, so honestly, I look back on 2022. I'll come clean on the podcast at some point in time. Not now. The only thing that I think about is I survived. I survived. I'm surviving the current life change that I'm undergoing that you are aware of. And everything else is a bloody blur. Understood. Understood completely. I, I do think back of 2023 and definitely think it sucked way worse or way less than 2022. Yeah, I think so, even though I got COVID. Uh, and I think I said 2022 at the top. It's 2023, looking back, I did those things. Uh, some questions from last year. Did you... Did you do any art this year? I did. Not much, but I did. Um, I had one project and I'll, I had one project that I really wanted to get done. I got it done. I have not done show and tell. So I am, I picked the wrong one. Right, it's uh, a podcast. So nobody's going to see, but. Yeah, it's just for you. You had, I know that in 2021, you had done quite a bit and it tapered off in 2022, but I'm glad it didn't stop completely and that you're still doing it. That's great. I'm still doing it. I have, I have purchased a whole bunch of gear. I'm waiting for uh, one more thing to come uh, and I'm going to get back into it. Like I got all kinds of new technical stuff. Definitely planning on getting back into it. Uh, Very cool. Very cool. Let's talk. I, we're getting in predictions here in about 10 minutes, but the original, like, let's look back a little bit on the entertainment of 2023. Let me get the years right here. What did you stream? Like, what did you watch things? Like, what do you recommend from the world of streaming and television entertainment? I just, oh, okay. I will tell you the absolute thing that uh, has been a huge passion at, at our household. Uh, the anime Demon Slayer. Oh, I should ask my daughter about that. I'm gonna I'm gonna write oh, that down. It is great. My my daughter got me into it, and and now it's at a point where I'm like, what? 
what do you mean you're going to bed? I'm the parent here. We got another episode to watch. And I'm like, um, what, which, which streaming network is that on? Uh, Hulu. Okay. Got it. They announced season four just, just last week. And apparently it's not going to come until probably 2025. I'm like, damn it. Um, yeah, there'll be other things. You watch. I'm going to, I'm going to add that to my list. Thanks for that. What else? I, I started watching the prequel to Game of Thrones. Oh yeah. Yeah. New season just came out, right? I don't know. Uh, it's I, hard to keep go- up. I, I'm going through it slowly. It's not attracting my my attention nearly as much. I'm spending a lot more time on YouTube nowadays. Uh, so uh, Joshua uh, Weissman, he's he's kind of um. Do you know who Alton Brown is? Yeah, I know that name. What where, where do I know that from? Alton Brown uh, was well known for a show called Good Eats. And oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And and what I loved about him is is he he spent more time explaining why recipes work. He also walked you through how to do things, but it wasn't just like watch two random people cook things that in front of you. He he explained like the science behind it. So I always liked that. Oh, I would this, like that too. Joshua Weissman is the closest thing I've seen to sort of a Gen Z version of it. He's damn funny. Uh, really enjoying it, as well as uh, Uncle Roger, who's now become a meme. And are you adjusting your? So yeah, there's Josh Weissman is fantastic. Uncle Roger on YouTube is fantastic. I was addicted early on to Davey Five Hundred Four, who's just this one guy who's just a killer bass player. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean he's a phenomenal bass player, but. On shows like like the usual thing, I'm I am absolutely maintaining. I'm up to date on everything Marvel, everything Star Wars. Although there's nothing really. My my daughter and I were really excited about Loki season two. I liked um, it. I liked Loki did you? season two. Yeah, I did. I'm like, okay, so he becomes the. No spoilers. Fair. Okay, I liked so, it. So I the have thing, ju- the thing happens, and I'm like, really, really. It, I'm not even gonna say why. I really, thought it was cool. I, I really? thought it was a. I thought it was a, a reasonable ending to that that season. I just finished Loki like literally a couple days ago. I have just started Secret Invasion, and then I'll be all caught mm-hmm. up on Marvel. I'm still a series behind on Star Wars. Which series? Uh, what was the one that just came out recently? One of the I, the I can't even keep track. There was the one I don't remember the name. The most the Mandalorian? Are you no, not? I'm kind of a Mandalorian. There was something just came out, right? Like not just, but like four or five months ago. All right, we'll find it a little bit. I, I'll dig it up here. So I was looking at my list and I realized everything that I really liked this year was stuff that. Well, there were new seasons this year. But it came out there. There were sequels and things. Invincible, of course, I've talked about before. New season is yep. out. I'm not not quite done with season two yet. I just think it's a really cool show. Uh, oh, the ah- Bear. Ah- Did you ever watch The Bear on Hulu? Ahsoka. Ahsoka. That's the one I haven't watched yet. Yeah. Okay. All right. Did the you ever bear. watch? The, did you ever watch The Bear? No. 
So the bear new seasons out, I loved, I think they did a fantastic job on that with the character development and uh, having people grow in the different ways. I'll leave it at that. And then I totally binged the morning show on Apple TV, all three seasons. And I thought both Reese Witherspoon and Jennifer Aniston were fantastic in that. I think uh, I really got sucked into it. And I think we watched like all three seasons over the space of like a month. It was ridiculous. I enjoyed that a lot. On YouTube, what do I watch? I watch like hiking videos and things like that. Anything else? Sometimes some Sounders highlights. I think there's a new season of Welcome to Wrexham on Hulu, which I have not watched yet, but I do watch the weekly uh, Wrexham uh, highlights. That's uh, Ryan Reynolds' uh, team he owns. That that falls into my list. But other than that, it's kind of random. The um, HBO Max, I have really begun to get addicted to uh, a show called Last Week Tonight by John Oliver. Kind of, kind of like in the Stephen Colbert type bent of um, of a news commentary. Oh, cool! But I'll say, I'll say, whether you agree or disagree, he's still funny AF. Yeah, uh, I think that covers it on my side. Okay, what yeah. I want to talk about now: a couple of our predictions from last year. I want to revisit, get okay. your opinions on. And then we'll do a little bit of like, what do we think is going to happen in 2024? And then we'll wish everybody a happy holiday and happy new year. I got to one of them. I got to a few of these already, but I want to quote you from a prediction from last year. Okay. This, remember, this is December 2022. Okay. And there was a fairly new thing out called ChatGPT. We didn't even know at the time how much it would be part of our conversations throughout the year, but we were playing with it. We had a hunch. And you said, ChatGPT will be the fastest online service ever to bring in $1 billion in revenue. And didn't it do that? I'm going to go with, um, I am a dentist scientist, but if I don't look, then I can't be wrong. I'm going to go with, yes, absolutely it did. Yeah, it, <laughs> and, and I asked, what's the revenue model? Because I, I didn't know that. I mean, I pay for it. I pay my 20 I, bucks a month to, for access to Dolly 3 and, and GPT-4 for sure. I'm paying for that myself. I don't even know the price tag because I honestly, um, at the moment, I'm not certain I care. The other thing that came up was talking about Jet, ChatGPT and the modern testing principle. I sent this to you. You know, you know, you've seen these. I'm going to share them with the group here. But you wondered out loud. Hey, we're talking about modern testing principles and detractors. I don't know. If mm. In hindsight, I wouldn't call. The people that think the principles are harmful to testing detractors, they just have a different approach. I think they, you know, we very much care about quality and delivery. And some people have called our, our, including myself, have called our principles delivery principles rather than testing principles. But you all know where they came from. It's not, they're not modern. They're not testing. It was just us talking about how do, what does it look like once we get out of traditional testing? So I, I, Go ahead. To go me, ahead. to me, the the and and, and it, it didn't. It hasn't really connected this succinctly for me until you just said this, right? To me, the modern testing principles, in essence, states the modern tester cares more about quality than about testing. Yeah, and th that's that's the difference. 
LinkedIn, it's interesting, stays filled with conversations that aren't you or I. And often from devs, there's a dev, Brian Finster, who basically embodies modern testing, but he came from development. He talks about how devs should own their testing. And testers jump in and say, no, you need a specialist to ensure that the customer has the right solution. And he just laughs at him and he's a very good debater. And I, I love seeing folks out there like they get it, but um, it's fine. It's fine. I mean, testers, is testing a dying profession? Yes, but it's going to take a long, long time. But you wondered out loud. Hey, I wonder if I, I'll do my best Brent imitation. I wonder if I can get Chad GPT to write, rewrite the principles and the voice of our detractors. And I, I heard that I did my research. I listened to that and I thought, oh, Jason Arbin made a really cool thing that knows all about all these people. I'm going to go ask his little thing. And you have to have Chad GPT for it to do this or the paid version. But I said, no other context. I said, rewrite the modern testing principles as if Michael Bolton and James Bach wrote them. They're too long to read every little bit here, but it did a pretty good job. Again, it's a different approach. It's not, they would never write the things that we wrote because they're, they care about different things. But what they came up with, I think is super fair. And I'm going to go through all of them. First one, focus on okay. the business through skeptical inquiry. You know, use critical thinking to question the status quo and uncover the real needs of the business. I think there's there's value in that. Oh, no, I I don't know that they would state that, but I I absolutely oh I, I don't know if they would either. I but and I'm not gonna. I'm just you know, Chat GPT is not putting words in their mouth. I think it did a good job taking sure the principle we had. You know, our priorities improving the business, and then kind of lensing it through RST. I will absolutely state that I absolutely believe, uh, and just to, just to use absolutely one more time in a sentence, that that, it, that last sentence is absolutely important, right? Yeah, it, ab- it's, it, I, I, tell my, I tell my team, for example, our job is to give the business what it needs, which sometimes it's what it's asking for. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I do want to get quickly through these, but... Yep. You know, we talk about uh, eliminating bottlenecks, identifying and eliminating bottlenecks. Uh, the lens on this one is emphasize individual skills over processes, which is a little weird. But when you get into the text, it says, recognize the values of things like lean thinking, but stress the importance of the individual testers' skills and intuition, identifying and addressing bottlenecks. Uh, continuous improvement through, we talk about being, you know, continuous improvement. They say continuous improvement through exploratory testing, which I think is fair. Well, what do you mean by fair? A, a, it's a fair amalgam. Is that what yeah, you're commenting I, I, on? I, I think okay. it's, a, it's a fair view of that principle through the lens. What this has done here, which is kind of yeah. genius of the, the, the generative AI, is it's taken our principle and says, what would this mean? What would this principle mean under this RST lens? And changed it. And to be something closer to what they would say. And of course, James and Michael, if you're listening to this, thank you, thank you for joining the conversation. We're in different places in the world here. So if you're mad at this stuff, tell me and we'll have a discussion about it. Totally fine. But I, I, think okay, it's really I just wanted to clarify that you weren't necessarily making a statement of whether or not you would agree with the, this no, rewrite. No, I, I just, okay. yeah, I just, this is right. 
our fourth principle talks about the quality culture. They say nurture a culture of quality through critical thinking. Text around that. Like that's again, I think that's that makes sense from that RSD perspective. We talk about the customer is only one to evaluate the quality of the product. And the art and the version here is respect the customer's perspective, but validate independently while recognizing that the customer is a crucial judge of product quality, maintain an independent critical stance in evaluating quality, questioning both the product and customer assumptions. I think what this one does is it takes our view, like the customer, and I truly believe this, only the customer can truly evaluate quality. We can't fake it for them, but it actually applies their uh, stance of critical distance and their stance that they do have to defend the customer. Yeah, the, the only thing this triggers for me is is realizing that there's that there's yet again another ambiguity with with our principle five. Like you and I are on the same page, but we also think in terms of system thinking, right? Mm -hmm. So we're probably interpreting number five the same. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I don't I don't view number five necessarily meaning uh, the customer is always right. I, I don't interpret it that. No, I, I, I don't interpret either. it as the customer is the judge, but sometimes the customer will say things and do different things. Correct. Right. Correct. And and, and for me, the definition of quality would involve at minimum the overlap between those two sets of things. Yeah. And for All number right. six, we talk about the importance of data, and we use data to make decisions. And I like, like, if I was a tester, like if I was a dedicated tester and I wanted to follow the principles in a way that took advantage of my critical thinking and my tester mindset, air quotes abound, uh, they say, use data as a guide, not an answer. Employ data extensively to understand customer usage, but treat it as a guide for exploration and questioning rather than a definitive answer, which I think is good. And there was a time in my career when this is what I would do. I would look at our I would use the customer usage patterns to help me determine where I should spend more time testing. Like if I said they're spending a lot of time here, seem to be struggling, I would go test the crap out of that thing. So I think there is, from an exploratory point of view, and I think a lot of exploratory testers want to ignore that data because they they can feel like they don't need it or it's maybe they don't want to go find it. This is just based on experience, not actually an uh, evaluation of the world of software testers. But if that data is available by all and your in your job, your you identify as an exploratory tester. Yeah, I would say by all means take that data and use it as a guide to do better testing based on what customers are actually doing. Let me give you a pop quiz of, of sorts. How would you stack rank the following options? Data only, intuition only, or both? Obviously both. Both, both, both at the top. data, intuition. Okay. We are on the same page. Not surprising. Right? That was an easy question. Yeah. No, I know. I, I was just thinking through because uh, use data as a guide, not an answer. Now, you, you, what you asked it to do was rewrite, essentially rewrite our principles, leveraging the philosophies learned. By, by the other two gentlemen. And I think this is doing the right thing, right? I don't think, I don't think we actually disagree with this. No, I, th I, th I think it's interesting yeah. that puts that take on it. And this is why, again, I want to go back and say that a lot of people who are poo-pooing, like this, I think this is a valid and interesting and thought-provoking 
use to generative AI. I use Gen AI to help me think differently about things. The people that complain about it say like, oh, it can't do math. It can't sort things alphabetically. It does. Like, I don't want it to do those things. I know how to do those things in freaking Excel. What I wanted to do is prompt it in a way that helps me think about things differently. And that's why I pay for it. That's why I use it. That's why it's totally worth it for me. Our last principle in the, in the modern delivery slash testing principles is around not wanting dedicated specialists. And Brian Finster on LinkedIn talks a lot about the, the, the problem, with those, which is great. Uh, I don't know Brian, never met him, but I like what he has to say. The lensed version here is expand t- testing capabilities through skill development, encourage the development of testing abilities across the team, but focus on enhancing individual skill sets and criti- critical thinking abilities over process adherence, which is very similar to one of the other answers. But the last thing, so just for some framing, say in this reinterpretation, the principles reflect a more critical individual focused approach consistent with their philosophies in RST, emphasize the importance of skills, skepticism, and the role of the individual tester in questioning improving software quality. So I think it did a good job at that. I don't think, I do not think to be clear that Bach and Bolton would write a set of principles like this, nor would they even believe entirely in what was written here. But I was impressed in the ability of Gen AI to take something that's really not at all like RST and take the the essence of each of the principles and twist it in that world. I thought it was just really amazing. Yeah, it did. Like, like as, as I've said here before, GPT is currently the world's best parrot and it can parrot all sorts of fun things. The Moving on, the last uh, prediction that uh, did not come true is every year I say I'm going to get Nicole Forrester on the podcast, and every year I don't, but I'm going to predict it again for 2024. I also yeah. have another prediction for 2024 that I've been thinking about a lot. I am going to be a part of trying to make your prediction come true. Okay. I, yeah. uh, okay. So Gen AI, it's long, of course, everything's about Gen, Gen mm-hmm. AI. Uh, you are a big co-pilot fan. And Am I? I thought you said you were. So I I'm think... a big so co-pilot is a generic term. Uh, it uh, depending on the context, co-pilot. I'll, I'll just say I am. My actions and my words it, at work are very much polarizing on that topic. Okay. Uh, so I think so. Here's the challenge. Uh, something I tell teams a lot is. You can you know, use Copilot and use these these tools to help you understand how to write generate code. And this is not you know code generation of Visual Studio five or whatever it was with templates and things. Don't check in what you don't understand. And here's what I think is going to happen. And this is important for people who identify as testers as well as developers. We are going to see a lot more use of generated code uh, in our applications. And I don't know, I think it can happen in 2024 where the ability to read code and understand it becomes more important than the ability to write code. I think code reading and discernment and evaluation and code review of computer-generated code is going to become a critical skill due to the massive increase in generated code. I I totally see where you're coming from. And if it weren't for one thing, I think I would wholeheartedly agree with you. I'm only half heart, uh, maybe you know, eighty percent heartedly agreeing with you. Right. We're going to see what is, happens. And that is 
GPT is a fantastic interpreter of code. So by the time we get the second half of the year, we're going to see articles about this, and we will see what happens. But that's oh, my prediction. No, I can hear you now, man. What do you think is oh. going to happen? What do you think is going to happen in 2024? Well, so let me let me go back to what I just said. Have you ever taken a snippet of code into GPT and asked it, what does this do? I think I have, and it does really well. It does phenomenally. So I, I definitely see GPT becoming more and more integral. I'm, I'm in fact... Uh, encouraging my 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 still my daughter that's at home to to get more familiar, get more accustomed to it because I do think that is going to be an ever increasing skill. I will my I'm in a state of prediction, and it's one that honestly, Alan, I hope doesn't come true, but I believe it will. And that is, I do think we will see uh, the first AGI next year. Ooh, fun stuff. That um, will be a game changer. Uh, it, I mean, this, it will call it a game changer. I, I'm just like, yeah, the word game is not quite yeah. right here. <laughs> Fair enough. It's, it's interesting that both of our predictions are around AI. Well, so we haven't gone through what our favorite episode was this last year. And I, I tell you, well, well she- we can do that. We can do, I have a couple things for the rapid fire round. No, okay. I, I'll just it, say I'll just say mine on the favorite episode, unless you have that in. And... No, let's go there. Favorite episode. Okay. Right. Uh, the one where we talked about ChatGPT was it? That was all of them. <laughs> there was actually one where you titled, uh, "Shockingly, we don't talk about AI" or something like that. This episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Brent reads yeah. the show notes. It's so cool. Yeah, I did do that once. Yeah, we. I think we can't not talk about it. AI is part of how we get work done now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a there's a scenario, like there's a scenario that I. So you and I have talked about this before, like the the Mark Twain quote. I was gonna write you a a, sh- a short. Short letter, but it was taking too long, so I wrote you a long one instead. Right, right. I didn't uh, have enough time, so I wrote you a long one instead. Yes. Right. I have found a strategy to solve that problem using GPT, which is, so let's say you're writing an email. They are responding to an email, and it's one that, uh, I'll, I'll just give you a hypothetical. Hey, GPT, uh, I'll, I'll paste paste the email thread into GPT, and then give it a prompt of, write a a polite, influencing response to this email that covers the following three points. And I'll lay out the points that are really important to me in a succinct point. And then, of course, it will do it. And then I'll review it, make sure I like it. And then I'll then give it an example of my writing style. And tell it to now rewrite that in my writing style. Well, oh my God, is it good at that? And the point is that should all be automatic. One, I don't like pasting my my company emails into you know openai.chat. But I didn't uh, say it was company emails. Right. Okay. So <laughs> here's the deal. That should all happen automatically. Uh you should automatically, as I reply to emails, it should be training itself on how I reply to things. And the language that, that I feels cringy. 
No, I want it to do it. Cause here's what I want. Here's what I want chat GPT to do. I want it to look at things before I even see them and it, and reply with things like this feels like a conversation that would be bet more applicable to Slack or teams. Like I I'm so tired of getting mm-hmm. discussions in email. I want, I want to get my email box cleaned out. I just, yeah. Blah. To, I hate email conversations. Email is for sharing information and meeting requests. And I want my AI to enforce that for me. But I like it. I, I think it could be cringy. It could be cool. But this is, I mean, isn't this what Office Copilot's going to do? Probably one day. This is one of the places where I said, I'm, I'm, some places I'm not a fan of Copilot. Some places I. Quick rapid fire, and then we got to go. So, favorite episode is one with ChatGPT. For me, it's quality versus testing. Who do you want to have on as a guest next year? For me, it's Nicole Forsgren. Go. Nicole. Absolutely, Nicole. I already said that. You got to give me your own one. All right. Taylor Swift. <laughs> you said rapid fire, and you already eliminated my top one. So. Oh, yeah. my God. You're awful. Okay. Um, what will be our... Oh, on what day will we hit? That's too easy. We're going to get to episode uh, 200 this year. That's for sure barring any you know major problems but um we're this is going to be episode 191 what episode will we be do talking about next year like what'll be our final episode of 2023 sorry uh, 2024 i think there's two possibilities here and i'm going to go with 210 or 201 what <laughs> yeah 210 or 201. Okay. Because, I'm gonna, tell because me why. Because I, I already written down 211, but tell me why. Oh, I went with 210 because it's, you know, 210. 201, I see that as a possibility because I recall that you are planning on going on a non-trivial soul-searching hike around the universe. That was originally the plan, but uh, with... You know, job changes and kids and things, uh, it's going to be postponed for a little bit. I'm not sure when I'm going to do that. Okay. But yeah, that okay. would have been right after 201. Yeah, that was originally the plan. No, I, good good I mean, memory. The thing, is, the, the thing is, is I'm like, okay, I don't know when he's coming back, but I'm certainly not letting him go until we recorded yeah, the 200 bring first that episode, because then that would be, as you know, my 200. Yep. Um, yep. Of course. It's all about me. It is, it is all about you. I'm going to let the universe tell me what to do with my life. Fair. That's what I'm going to do. I got to run. But this was a good look back, good look forward, some good ideas. I'm going to hope that uh, our software does the right thing here. But this has been episode 191, our last episode of 2022. Happy holidays, everyone. I'm Alan. I'm Brent. And we'll talk to you next year. Watch